Hi, I'm Alicia Fairclough, and today's leadership quote comes from Eleanor Roosevelt. It's not fair to ask of others what you are not willing to do yourself. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. The Leader Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Goody. If you send business gifts to employees, clients, or sales prospects, Goody is a game changer. You can send one gift or hundreds at a time without ever worrying about shipping details. With Goody, your gift recipients provide all their shipping info, and they can even swap out your gift for another option if they prefer. It's free to start gifting, and you can get a $20 credit when you sign up. Oh, and if you mention you heard about Goody from the Leader Assistant Podcast, Goody will add an extra $10 credit to your account. So go to leaderassistant.com slash Goody, that's G-O-O-D-Y, to start gifting today. Again, that's leaderassistant.com slash Goody. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and today I'm very excited to be speaking with Alicia Fairclough. Uh, this is episode 161, and you can check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 161. Alicia, how's it going, and where are you in the world? I'm really well, thank you. Um, right now I'm in London. I just got back from a trip to Australia visiting my family for the first time since the whole pandemic began. And yeah, now settling back into London. Awesome. I was uh, actually supposed to go to London um, right like right as the pandemic started. So I'm sad because I still haven't been able to make it out there, but hopefully someday. Hopefully soon. We'll be waiting for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about um, a little backstory about your career and um, maybe what your first real job was and then um, how you ended up in the assistant profession. Wow, that's a really um, far more challenging question than it should be <laughs> normally, but uh, I was basically a school teacher who didn't want to be a school teacher. So uh, my degree, I had a double degree in teaching and arts and realized in my final year that I actually did not want to be a teacher. <laughs> um, I decided to finish that degree because I wasn't sure what I did want to do. Um, I went traveling on cruise ships, so I did make use of my degree. I was a teen activities coordinator for P&O cruises and then princess cruises, and that was probably the most fun job in the entire world, um, gallivanting around the world for a while on ships. Before uh, moving back to, I was in Vancouver, BC for four years where I ran my own business there and eventually went back to Australia and then came to the UK where I'm now permanently based. But all of those different things and about 20 different jobs in between led me to the assistant world. And I finally, I think once I found the assistant world, I felt like I had found my place. It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do. But once I did, I knew it was right. Hmm. So when you, you said once you got in there, you knew it was right. When did you see it as a career? Like when, when did you think, oh, this isn't just a fun job for a while or a good challenge. This is actually a career. 
It wasn't until I moved to London that I saw it as a career. It had been suggested to me before and I'm not proud to say that when it was initially suggested to me many, many years ago that I thought it was sort of a weird thing to suggest, like that I would be somebody's assistant for my life. I used to think like, I'm going to have an assistant, not be an assistant. What are you talking about? Like, that's not a career path. That's something that you do, you know, on your way somewhere else. And that just shows that I was completely naive about what executive assistants really do and their role in businesses all over the world. Um, but I didn't really see it as a career path until I moved to London. So I came to London at the end of 2017 and I was going through a lot of changes in my life. Um, obviously changing countries is a really big one. Um, and that sort of prompted me to reevaluate where I was and what I was going to do moving forward. And I had a really great boss, uh, in London who kind of really showed me the various paths to, um, what could be what it could look like to be a career assistant. Uh, that was Will McKinley at South Square, a barrister's chambers I was working at. And it really snowballed from there and EA How To came a little bit later. But I think Will was probably the first person to make me see that this was something that I could actually do for a really long time. Hmm. What is your favorite part about being an assistant? I really like that no day is ever the same. I like the variety. I really like being able to um, get my hands dirty in different parts of the business. So I think one of the best things about being an EA is that you have a lot of oversight over the entire company. And so there might be, whether it's a project that you're passionate about or something that you really want to learn about, you know, I love doing events and um, planning those kinds of things. And so I'm always welcome to go and get as involved in company events, whether it's corporate events or internal events. Um, you can do that if you're really interested in health and well-being. It's a really good opportunity to go and just pick an area that you're interested in and lead the way. If you're finance minded, there's loads you can do there. So I think it's a really great job in terms of being able to just pick things you're passionate about and lead projects. Yeah. Yeah, I like that there's never a dull moment. That's one of my favorite things yeah. about it. Um, so tell us about your current role, uh, executive assistant to the co-founder of Uncapped. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, Asher. Um, Uncapped is a scale-up at this stage. Uh, they're a little over two years old. And I was really fortunate that at the time that I was looking for my next role, I was able to take my time and really look for something that I genuinely wanted to do. And it wasn't because I was in a position where I really quickly needed to find a job or anything like that. So it was a time where I was able to really think about what did I want this next role to look like? What kind of company did I want to work with? What kind of exec did I want to work with? And um, the stars aligned and Asher and Uncapped really were exactly what I was looking for. Um, it's interesting because the company is fully remote and they were always fully remote. They had never intended to have an office anywhere in the world. Um, and I personally love that. So we happen to both live in London, so I do get to see him, but it's because if we want to see each other and spend time working together for a day, it's not because we have to. Um, 
I'd say it's a really varied role that it's interesting because there's two co-founders and each co-founder has an EA and a chief of staff. So um, looking after different parts of the business, but it's just a really nice company to be part of. So how does that work with the relationship with the chief of staff? Um, it's, you don't a report lot of to them, right? You're, no, I don't okay. report to them. Yeah, so I report directly to Asher, and the chief of staff also reports directly to Asher. So um, it's we have completely different roles. And one thing that I've kind of been talking quite a bit about on LinkedIn is I get a little bit of frustration sometimes that so many EA roles are being called chief of staff as if it's just the same job but a title change because they don't really know where to go with an EA once they've been there for a certain amount of time. And in reality, I think a real chief of staff role and a real EA role are two completely different roles. And, you know, you could transition from one into the other, but it's not necessarily once you've been an EA for a certain amount of time, really the only place to go from there is to become a chief of staff. I don't really agree with that. They're different jobs. Mm -hmm. So I um, work with Asha on a lot of the day-to-day running of his life, how to make things easier for him at work the chief of staff is very into the finance side of the business the data and analytics side of the business Um, so I guess one of the best ways to explain how we would work together is I might be putting information in board decks but I'm getting that information from Matthew the chief of staff so I'm not necessarily the person who is going and leading the sales meeting and getting the sales trading data. I'm getting that from him and then I'm collating it and putting it together and understanding it so I can communicate that information to the board. Nice. What's what's one other example of what you've seen to be the difference between your role and the chief of staff role? I think um, a big difference is that I... I catch up with Asha multiple times a day. So most days we'll talk at least twice, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and then we're on chat together all day. And I'm firing off all of Asha's emails um, as if I am Asha so that he can be in a meeting and I'm doing all of that communication on his behalf. Matthew is taking meetings as if he is Asha as well. So it's kind of like we're both one's the left hand and one's the right hand of Asher. So Asher can be three people essentially. And we all work together on different aspects of the same goal. Yeah. That's really, that's a really clear and uh, practical example. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. That's helpful. No worries at all. Uh, So let's talk about remote work for a second. I, Mm -hmm. I also work fully remote. And I love it. And I don't ever want to go into the office. If I don't have to. Um, so what? what's your maybe top two tips on being productive and strategic with your executive while working remote? I'm not sure how different it is to when I was in the office other than I certainly feel I am more productive. Uh it's much easier to schedule time because there's no sort of wondering what conference room is he going to be in? Is he going to have to be at an in-person meeting? Because it's pretty rare, even with 
our board and um, clients, it's pretty rare for them to do in-person meetings. So it's quite easy to insert myself into the schedule and just say, you know, we need 10 minutes here, we need 15 minutes there. Uh, I think you, there's an obvious amount of discipline that you need to have to be disciplined with your time at home. I have very flexible work hours, but I probably don't take advantage of flexible work hours as much because I generally like working fairly normal hours these days. Um, it's nice to know I have the flexibility. So if I have an appointment or something, I don't need to take a half day off just to be able to make that work. Um, but as far as tips go, I think all of the usual things apply. You need to be organized. You need to make use of the tools that are at your disposal. You need to have your own way of managing your time and your exec's time and stay in touch constantly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with the uh, statement that things haven't really changed or things aren't really that different. Um, I think people, some some organizations and some executives tend to make it a big deal and say, oh, well, there's, there's you're going to lose so much by not being in the office. Um, and there are some things that I think you can lose, like that water cooler talk or you know walking your executive to the next meeting and kind of catching up in between those kinds of things that that I do miss occasionally mm-hmm. um, but I think I you know to your point about being more productive I think I make make up for it uh, with more productivity more focus less distractions and then just the ability to um, you know be home when my kids get home from school or yeah. I have to run, take them to the doctor or whatever, you know, it's like, it's just so much easier to do that. And yeah, I'm definitely a remote work fan. Yeah, me too. And you know, there's the obvious things like being able to go to the gym or throw a load of laundry in while you're like between meetings or on a lunch break or something and just not having those hours out of your life taken with a commute. I think one of the other things that's uh, really interesting about working remote, uh, certainly at Uncapped, is the idea that we don't try to replicate what it would look like to be in an office. I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of companies made was trying to replicate online how you would communicate and how you would work in the office and what Uncapped figured out fairly early on and based on a lot of research that they did into how to be, you know, the best, most productive remote working company we could be is understanding that a lot of the rules that applied to an office actually don't apply to us and you you do need to find other ways of working. So you need to get used to um, principles like we have a written first principle. So writing things, documenting them so that the whole company can see them, um, not trying to emulate the same way we would, we would socialize in the office. We still have plenty of social time. We have company-wide socials. We have team socials. Um, we, Asher certainly calls me in between his meetings, which would be the equivalent, I guess, of walking somebody to a meeting. He'll just do what we call a huddle on Slack. And, um, you know, if I'm not available for the huddle because I'm doing something, then so be it. But usually I'm at my desk. And so we have that quick chat when he's got, say, three minutes between meetings. And he'll say, look, um, just a really quick recap of what happened in the previous meeting. Here's an action that I need you to do. And I'll be doing that while he's in his next meeting. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell us about EA How To. Um, when did you launch it? Why did you launch it? What is it? All that fun stuff. EA How To was a really interesting project because what it started as and what it became are two very different things. EA How To started as a way for me to boost my profile as an executive assistant in London. It was around the time where I had had this kind of realization that there is definitely a um, an extremely good career to be had in being an executive assistant, that the market was great in London and that I really needed to be able to market myself. Because if people Googled me, what they would find is all of these other things that I had done in the past. And I genuinely wanted some of these great EA roles that I could see being advertised. So as a way to do that, um, having had a in a previous life a uh, full-time YouTube channel, I decided that YouTube was a really good way to be able to do that. And EA How To started with just me uploading short videos that were tips on EA type things. So whether it was a tip on how to format things in Microsoft Word or what the difference is between an EA and a PA or interview tips, it was really just a way for me to build my profile so that when people Googled Alicia Fairclo that they would find Alicia Fairclo, London Executive Assistant. <laughs> That's how it started. Um, what it turned into is this incredible community of about now 42,000 assistants from all over the world. And that really kicked off when I went on to LinkedIn. So my partner encouraged me to get on LinkedIn. I wasn't previously on there. I set up the company page and I spent a lot of time putting out the kind of content that I thought would be useful to EAs and certainly what I felt would be useful to me. And a lot of it was just as I learn things, I put them up there. Then I'd always had an idea for a group um, that I'd wanted to have that was exclusively for EAs and PAs and BAs, assistants at various stages of their career, but I didn't previously have the time to commit to doing it and making it what I knew it could be. Suddenly we were found ourselves in a pandemic and I did have that time. One day I posted on LinkedIn saying, hey, you know, would this be useful to you, this kind of group? And within two hours, I had over 800 people message me and say yes. So I took that as a cue to go just that afternoon. I set up the group and went, okay, well, now I've done it. So here it is. Come on in. And it's grown from there. So now it's thousands of assistants. It's a lot of webinars, training sessions. You know, tonight we have um, one of our EAs doing a training session on minute taking. Um, we have guest speakers come in and it's basically now all about free and affordable learning opportunities for assistants at every stage of their career and support because I really recognize that the EA, PA or VA life can be a bit of an isolating one. You don't always have a team in the same way that other colleagues do. And so it's kind of your virtual water cooler, a place where you can get advice and support. You can ask anonymous advice if you, you know, maybe have an exec that is being a bit of a nightmare and you are in an awkward situation that you don't know what to do. You can post anonymously in there or you can just post helpful things. You found something helpful, other people will find it helpful. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. 
With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. Yeah, that's great. I'm actually looking um, looking up your LinkedIn and your YouTube and everything. It's pretty pretty impressive. How do you how do you keep up with like consistently providing and producing helpful tips? Uh, the short answer is that I don't always keep up. <laughs> so at the moment, I'm really behind on videos because I just haven't had the capacity to do it. I'm starting recording again next week, uh, and a lot of that is just. I was settling into a new job and I still have a full-time job. I am a, a full-time career EA. And so there are times where it just has to slow down. Um, I do try to schedule guests um, to fill in those gaps. So when I know I can't be doing sessions myself, that's when I'm trying to schedule guest speakers. And I'm fortunate to have a lot of really good people who are willing and are able to present. So we have maybe people like Henrietta Barker, she did a series of three really great sessions on, um, the first one was on the EACV and, you know, how to present the best CV possible. The second one was on EA, mastering the EA interview. And the third one was on negotiation. So negotiating tips and um, how to negotiate when you're going into a role or for a salary increase and things like that. So it's a huge variety of topics that you can cover. I take a cue a lot from the questions that I see in the group. So if I see people struggling with things, that's a pretty good indication to me that if one person's asking the question, there will be more people who are also wondering and yeah, so trying to reach out to people. But I keep up as much as I can, but sometimes I just don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is your uh, what is your executive think of it or did you have that conversation when you're in the interview process of like hey I have a little bit of a side gig you know yeah. what, what was that he loved it so um uncapped work with founders and so he liked somebody who had a kind of founders mindset he wanted somebody who had an entrepreneurial mindset and I think it helps because it means that in a way I can think like a founder and that's what he wanted was somebody who could think, okay, if I were Asha, what would I want to do? If I were the founder of this company, what would I want to see happening? And as somebody who has founded a business before this and founded EA how to, I think it does help you think in that way. It helps you anticipate needs. It helps you think about, you know, things that might be coming up or, things that other people maybe haven't thought of. So he really liked it. Um, the obvious question has always been, not every interview I've been in, not everyone has liked it. A lot of the time, the concern is how do you have the time to do all of these things? You know, will you be trying to do this in your work time? And my answer to that is, you know, some people play rugby, some people knit, some people swim. I don't do those things. My life outside of work, as sad as that may sound, is doing a lot of EA how-to stuff. And, you know, I have a social life the same as everyone else. But, um, you know, I manage my time appropriately. And so I think lots of people have side hustles these days or lots of people have hobbies and sports and things that they participate in. This just happens to be mine. 
And I was really fortunate to find a company that embraced that and saw saw it as a really good opportunity to work with someone who they felt, okay, well, if she's doing these things, she clearly likes to stay on top of what's current and has that kind of growth mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of becoming more and more accepted over overall, but mm-hmm. there's still some hesitancy with some companies. I know some of the major yeah. like, tech companies even have policies of like you can't you can't really have any sort of side hustle. Um, but yeah, my philosophy is listen, it doesn't matter. Like it's none it's none of my day jobs business whether i watch netflix on friday night or record or record podcast interviews (laughs) yeah exactly and yeah i i do think it's sort of a it's an odd attitude that some companies have towards it because i think it should be seen as something that is positive and and fortunately i now work for a company and and did previously as well true phone were really excited about that i've never had a a company certainly not in the uk who had a problem with me spending my time doing this but i have interviewed with companies where i didn't get the job um and they were certainly concerned about it and that you know what it's just not the right company for me because i don't want to work somewhere that would have a problem with that that doesn't understand that people have a life outside of their day job yeah exactly well what what's your what's your vision for ea how to like are you you know maybe your three to five year plan what do you want to do with it are you wanting to do it full-time someday um are you you know what, what, yeah what do you what do you want to do with your life <laughs> <laughs> that's such a small question jeremy what do I want to do with my life um you know what that changes daily I, I, the honest answer is I, I don't really know. I genuinely enjoy being an EA. I have worked for myself in the past. And what I will say about that is it's really, really hard. Um, it's isolating and it's certainly difficult. You know, you are you are the talent. You are the customer service team. You are the producer. You are the complaints department. You are the finance department. You're everything. You're marketing and it's hugely challenging. And so I really enjoy the security of having a job and having this as something that I keep as something I enjoy as a hobby. And I'm not sure I would get the same amount of joy out of it if I did do it full time. I think it it could happen in the future. It's not something I'm actively trying to do right now. It's something that I'm, you know, just constantly growing. And I just look at it as, how can I provide value and be of service and do it in a sustainable way where I can still keep my job? Mm-hmm. And um, if it hits a point where I can no longer do that, then we'll blow up that bridge when we get to it. But at the moment, um, I use a great VA. So Fiona is a virtual assistant who was a member of it, who is a member of VA How To. She started her own VA business and she um, does some VA work for me, which helps ease some of the burden of it but you know sometimes I just have to back off and say I just don't have as much time and I've I'm always keeping an eye on it but I put in the time when I have it and I don't when I don't and long term it remains to be seen it's certainly not a goal anytime soon for me to quit my day job and run EA how to full time and I think part of one of the places where I get the most inspiration for what to do for EA how to is in my day job right yeah, same here. I, you know, I love my my uh, current EA role, and my executive is great. And you know, we're 
I was hired number one at the startup and now we have 95 people five years in and it's just, it's just a fun adventure. And I'm like, uh, why would I want to leave this, uh, great gig anytime yeah. soon? And I don't want to. So, but yeah, I, I love like, you've got a VA to help you. Um, I've done a lot of automation, like use a lot of automation tools so that I can, you know, spend the little time that I do have on the leader assistant. Um, doing you know more trainings or more engaging interactive things with members and um, less manual tasks that can be done with uh, automated tools yeah and those automated tools then also you know using those apply to your day job as well and Mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot of crossover I learn things when I'm doing EA how-to that I apply to uncapped and I learn things at uncapped that I apply to EA how-to yeah definitely Well, Alicia, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Let's wrap it up with my final question for you today. What makes an assistant a leader? Oh, that is such a tricky one. You could have given me a heads up about that, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) What makes an assistant a leader? You know, when you asked me for a leadership quote, I had two in mind. And one of them is that you don't need a title to be a leader. That was the other one that is not at the start of the podcast. And I think that's really important that leadership is in your actions, it's in your mindset, it's in the way you carry yourself, it's in the example that you show, it's not in your title. So an assistant being a leader is initiative. It's Um, an understanding of the company and the people you work with and how to achieve a goal and how to lead by example and not being afraid to speak up and do those things, Uh, not waiting, sitting back and waiting for somebody to ask you all the time. I think that's what makes an assistant a leader. Well said. Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, How can people reach out to you and find out about you, say hi, and uh, yeah, connect with EA How To uh, and you, etc. EAHowTo.com is probably the best place to go because it links to LinkedIn and Facebook and my email. Email's hi at EAHowTo.com, so do feel free to say hi or press for gin on the website as you can. Um, but yeah, EAHowTo.com, you'll find links to all my various socials. So if you're into LinkedIn, you'll find me there. If you're into Facebook, you can find me there. <laughs> find me anywhere. Perfect. Yeah, you've, you've done a lot of work to uh, make it easy to find, just like you were saying, how you got into EA How To. So thanks again for being on the show. Uh, good luck to you and your day job and your side hustle. And if for those of listening, you can check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 161. Leaderassistant.com slash 161. And I'll link to Alicia's LinkedIn and EA How To website and all that fun stuff. So Thanks again. Thank you so much for your time. Please review on Apple Podcasts. Go Bullos.com.